Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the Feast of St. Matthew, the Apostle and Evangelist. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and And on on earth earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who with untold mercy were pleased to choose as an apostle St. Matthew, the tax collector, grant that sustained by his example and intercession, we may merit to hold firm in following you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Ephesians. I, the prisoner in the Lord, implore you to lead a life worthy of your vocation. Bear with one another charitably in complete selflessness, gentleness and patience. Do all you can to preserve the unity of the Spirit by the peace that binds you together. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were all called into one, and the same hope when you were called. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God who is Father of all, over all, through all, and within all. Each one of us, however, has been given his own share of grace given as Christ allotted it. To some, his gift was that they should be apostles, to some, prophets, to some, evangelists, to some, pastors and teachers, so that the saints together make a unity in the work of service, building up the body of Christ. In this way, we are all to come to unity in our faith and in our knowledge of the Son of God until we become the perfect man fully mature with the fullness of Christ himself. The word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. Their message goes out through all the earth. Their message goes out through all the earth. The heavens proclaim the glory of God, and the firmament shows forth the work of his hands. Day unto day takes up the story, and night unto night makes known the message. Their message goes out through all the earth. No speech, no word, no voice is heard, yet their span extends through all the earth. Their words to the utmost bounds of the world. Their message goes out through all the earth. Alleluia, alleluia. You are God, we praise you. You are the Lord, we acclaim you. The white-robed army of martyrs praise you. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus was walking on, he saw a man named Matthew sitting by the customs house, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was at dinner in the house, it happened that a number of tax collectors and sinners came to sit at the table with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your master eat with tax collectors and sinners? When he heard this, he replied, It is not the healthy who need the doctor, but the sick. Go and learn the meaning of the words, What I want is mercy, not sacrifice. And indeed, I did not come to call the virtuous, but sinners. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So today is the Feast of St. Matthew, and if you stop and think about it, it really is a beautiful moment because we're reading the Gospel of Matthew, describing the conversion of Matthew. Matthew's talking about his own encounter with Jesus and how extraordinary that he does it with no details whatsoever. Jesus comes in, says, come follow me. Matthew gets up, follows him. I mean, if there's anyone who could tell you what was going on inside of his mind and inside of his heart, it's Matthew, right? And yet he doesn't do that. He kind of leaves it to us to figure out or to question. But there are a few interesting little aspects to the call of Matthew. Firstly, it happens pretty far into the gospel. You see, Jesus has already begun his public ministry He's called his first disciples, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And of the 12 that Jesus picks out as apostles, Matthew's the last one to be called. You see, Jesus has already been doing a good bit of preaching. He's already preached the um, Sermon on the Mount, where he said, Do not judge and you'll not be judged. Um, Remove the plank from your own eye before removing the splinter of your friend's eye. And Jesus has already been dealing with a bunch of people who wouldn't really be considered respectable. He's cured lepers. Um, He praised the Roman centurion for his faith when the Roman came and asked for Jesus to heal his servant. We also hear about Jesus going to the foreign territory of the Gadarenes where he drives out the demons from a couple of demoniacs uh, and then casts them into the pigs and then famously the pigs run into the lake and they're drowned. 
Um, so we can see at this point, Jesus has been dealing with some pretty strange figures, right? A leper who would be socially unacceptable, demoniacs who couldn't live in the village and had to live out in the wilderness. And now we hear the call of Matthew, the tax collector. As socially unacceptable as all the other ones. Maybe we could think of the leper as needing a quarantine. Maybe we could think of the demoniac as needing a spiritual quarantine. Maybe we can think of the tax collector as needing a moral quarantine. They needed to be set apart. They needed to be shunned. Now, the reason why is because the Roman system of taxation was, it was a bit like a franchise, right? You bought into the franchise and you had to kick up to Caesar a certain amount of taxes. But after that, it was then your duty to collect the taxes however you saw fit. Whatever amount you saw fit, as long as it was sufficient to pay the Romans what they were looking for. And this system led to a lot of corruption, of course, and also to a lot of extortion. That your fellow Jew, who was now working with Caesar, would charge you in excess of what Caesar was asking, and so feather his own nest. Well, what are you going to do with a bloke like that? You need to cast him out. You need to know that he's been a traitor to his people, and so you need to treat him like a traitor. Now, undoubtedly, Matthew must have heard of Jesus. And surely he must also have heard of the content of Jesus' preaching. That what God wants is not sacrifice, but mercy. That he heals and forgives even those who are shunned by society, like the leper, like the demoniac. The ones with whom Jesus associates, and the disciples who follow him, they're not just the respectable ones. They're not just the pure, the innocent, the holy ones. At the end of the day, they're the chosen ones. And maybe for Matthew, there's a sense of relief that, you know, I can keep going about my business in the customs house precisely because I haven't been chosen and that he can rest secure in the fact that he doesn't need to change. I don't know, though, the fact that Jesus is going around breaking these quarantines, the spiritual, the moral, does that awaken in Matthew the possibility that he needn't remain locked up in the customs house? That if Jesus actually came and called him, that it might be different for him, that he need not be who he is right now. You know, it's funny, whenever I read this passage, um, this kind of laconic account of, of Matthew's conversion, I always imagined that maybe Jesus had this, you know, kind of magnetic personality that just suddenly changed Matthew's mind. But it seems more likely to me that there's been this process of grace going on in his heart, this dawning, this awakening of hope. That when Jesus walked in, that there was already this great spark of recognition that the hope for which he'd hoped could in fact become reality. If Jesus calls me to follow, then maybe I just, maybe I can. In the end, it turns out to be as simple as that. 
As Jesus was walking on, he saw a man named Matthew sitting by the customs house, and he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. Full stop. You know, it strikes me that sometimes we might be trapped by our own imagination and our own lack of hope. We've experienced the isolation of our own quarantine because we imagine that it couldn't possibly be different. And it seems to me that this is exactly the point where Jesus walks in and says, quite simply, follow me. That there might be the dawn of a whole new beginning. That there might be the possibility of what I couldn't have imagined. After calling Matthew, Jesus then sits at table with a number of tax collectors and sinners. And it's there that we get an insight into Jesus' mission and into his heart. Why does your master eat with tax collectors and sinners, asked the Pharisees. And he says, it's not the healthy who need the doctor, but the sick. How easy it is to lose hope in being healthy, being resigned to being sick, being content to be locked in the customs house and to be reduced to collecting taxes. But it's Jesus who breaks into that narrow imagination that we have and awakens in us the possibility of something that goes beyond what we thought possible. Because the doctor has not come for the healthy, but for the sick. You know, there's something suggestive about Matthew's posture. We hear that as Jesus walks by the custom house, Matthew is sitting. And then at the invitation, follow me, that Matthew got up and followed him. Now, in Greek, that phrase there, got up, it, it's the same word that's often used for the resurrection. To get up, to rise. What causes Matthew to stand? The fact of having been called. So let's shrug off whatever resignation we may have, whatever fear we may experience, and listen to the voice of the Lord. And when he calls to stand up and follow. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. 
Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.